My Seven Chakras, episode 54. This now is eternity. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. So what's going on action takers, AJ here and you have finally reached your hub for information, insights and ideas to help you begin your human revolution. Action takers, we've come a long way. We've crossed 50 episodes and received over 100,000 downloads from action takers in over 50 countries. Now iTunes has a new and noteworthy listing to feature new and growing shows to provide them more exposure. And I'm grateful that we were among the top five shows for 16 weeks. But I recently got to know that we aren't in the new and noteworthy list anymore because you know what, we are not a new show anymore. What this also means is that you won't be able to find our show by going directly to iTunes homepage. So in case you haven't already, in order to save your time and get the latest episodes downloaded directly to your device, I request you to press subscribe right now on your device. That's right. While you are subscribed, new episodes will download to your smartphone or tablet as soon as they are available. So click subscribe now and embrace yourself for the action-packed episodes that we've lined up for the months ahead. And today I am electrified to bring you our featured guest, Daniel Mittal. So Daniel, are you ready to inspire? Yes. Thank you, Aditya. Awesome. So Daniel is a world traveler master helping people understand their intimate connection to their inner selves. He is the first person in the world to explain and define the origin of the ancient heart imagery system. Heart imagery, the ancient system that originates from ancient Tibetan, Sumerian and Vedic spiritual mystery schools. It is related with the Adamic race, with the power of dreaming and reversing the past, present and future. Daniel started to teach Zen meditation in 1981 and between 81 and 92, he was doing the spinal breathing meditation. Later, he found out that in fact, he did practice the Kriya Pranayama of Kriya Yoga, great master Babaji. So Daniel, I've given our listeners an intro. Please fill any gaps that you feel I might have missed and tell us a little bit more about yourself. First, I want to say thank you for the invitation to speak today at my Seven Chakra Radio show with you. And I am really blessed to be here and to, I would say to it's not just a, a conversation with with uh, my seven chakra radio show, but I feel in my heart it's a talk with uh, humanity, with all people who wants to remember who they really are. And uh, since you already introduced me and you said uh, so many beautiful things, uh, I just say that... Uh, I am uh, teaching worldwide the heart imagery workshops mm-hmm. and uh, also um, I created two schools. One is a school of the heart and the other one a school of meditation. And in parallel, I worked 
also my education. I graduated three universities, and uh, I have a diploma in computer engineer, one in economics and one in management, mm-hmm. and also an MBA from Open University Business School, UK. I'm really happy to go all over the world, and the, I'm invited to uh, workshops. I'm invited to speak with people. I'm invited to speak with children. I mm-hmm. recently was I was in Norway recently to one of the biggest college in the world, mm-hmm. Adeland, where I was speaking with 200 students, and I, I'm really happy to share this message of hope and a message of possibility with anyone who wants to experience this new understanding of life and, and this understanding that comes from the heart. Well, thanks a lot for that awesome introduction. I can't wait to begin the amazing chat that we are going to have today. But before that, we usually begin our show with an inspirational quote. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. Well, my favorite inspirational quote still remain the four words that the great master Karma Dorje told me when I was meditating with him in Tibet. And these four words are also the title of my first book, and it is, This now is eternity. This now is eternity. And I I try to live by these words and enjoy each and every moment in my life. The past is gone and the future is irrelevant. Whatever I do, I try to do it, let's say, 100 present in the moment, in now. Well, thanks a lot for sharing this really powerful quote. This now is eternity because it's so true. We have no control of what happened in the past. We aren't really sure of what will happen in the future. We might plan and set goals, but we aren't really sure whether we might even be there tomorrow. But we have really a lot of control of what we are doing right now. And as you share this, I'd like to thank you and our listeners for taking the time to press the play button and listen to this episode right very now. So thanks a lot for sharing, Daniel. Thank you. Now, you are one of the most prominent masters of meditation, international lecturer and martial arts master. How did it all begin? Well, when I was a child, I was two, three years old. I was starting to stay in this posture, lotus posture. And I I remember uh, my mom, she was a little bit concerned. You know, I'm coming from a family where my grandfather was a priest, an Orthodox priest. And uh, since I was a child, they they saw me keeping my eyes closed and, and with the legs in this posture because my, my grandfather was a very respective priest in this Orthodox church. They, they were concerned. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they let me to enjoy my time and in that time, when I was a child, I could remember some glimpses from my past life. I, I could hear the water from a mountain spring river, mm-hmm. and I could feel this clean Himalayan air. And, and since then, I have a special call to meditate in the quietness of the mountains. And then later, I was 12 when I started to practice martial arts and practice Zen meditation. Mm-hmm. And I continue with Kriya Yoga, and later in Tibet, I start practicing the, the ancient spiritual uh, system, heart imagery. And except the Tibetan master, I was 
lucky to meet and work with two uh, masters that achieve God realization. Anna, the Romanian mystic, mm-hmm. great master, and Drumvalo Melchizedek. And they were teaching me what means to live and create from the heart. Uh, later, I am delighted to work the prayer of the heart, and, and there is a holy book, a collection of ancient texts on the prayer of the heart, book that was written by two mystics, monks, and uh, it's called Philokalia. So I, I also started to work this prayer of the heart, which I really believe is very powerful. You mentioned that as a child, when you were two to three years old, you spent a lot of time in the lotus position, keeping your eyes closed. And while your family members were a bit concerned, they allowed you to be in that state, to enjoy those moments. And that's when it all began. That's when you started remembering instances from your past life in the Himalayas with this, with the beautiful smell and the flowing of the water. So, Thanks a lot for sharing. You spoke about heart imagery. So, what is heart imagery? When I was in Tibet, the, I worked with two great masters there, with Karma Dorji and Tenzin Dorji, and they explained me about this ancient system that is coming from Adamic race, and it is uh, work all over the world. And I, I couldn't understand first at the beginning what means heart imagery until they didn't help me to go in my heart and they start giving me, I was with my eyes closed and they start giving me images. So suddenly I could feel in my body a specific energy. I could feel a different way of, of, of living and I could understand that there is a system and it's working very easy. You just go in your heart and a master is giving you an image and you can see that image in your heart. And suddenly you can balance your mental, emotion and physical body. And uh, it just started from there. Later I understood there are different schools of imagery. It was a, a great master in, in Jerusalem, Colette Abulker Muscat, that uh, was a leader of Kabbalistic imagery school. I do believe uh, the Tibetan imagery school somehow is not working much now and I'm, I'm the only one who is teaching this system of the heart imagery. Thanks a lot for sharing this information about heart imagery. You mentioned that the people who really initiated you or taught you about this particular practice initially was Karma Dorji and Tenzin Dorji, who told you about this ancient system that has continued since the Adamic race. And though there are different schools of imagery around the globe, you are currently the only one who is basically practicing the Tibetan form of heart imagery. Heart imagery. Perfect. This sounds really exciting, actually. (laughs) Yes. So for the benefit of our audience, is there a possibility that you could guide us through a mini heart imagery exercise meditation? Absolutely. Wonderful. <laughs> so, prior to start any imagery exercise, it is a specific ceremony, it's a specific exercise to bring you your spirit, which usually, unfortunately, stays in the brain, to bring your spirit inside of your heart. And it's a very simple exercise. So you just close your eyes. It takes just half a minute. And imagine imagine yourself like a house, like a big building. And on the top of this building, there is a room. We call the room of the brain. 
And right there, from the room of the brain, there is a set of stairs, a staircase, that goes from the brain into the middle of the chest area. So I want you to imagine that you start moving from the brain and you use this staircase and you go down inside of your body, inside of this big house, and you pass all the levels until you arrive in the middle of your chest area, step out of the stairs, and turn to your left. There is a small door there. Open the door and step inside of your heart. Now please close door behind you and just for a moment feel this calmness, this harmony, this unconditional love specific to your heart. And now we'll start the exercise. So I want you to see, sense and feel that you are in the middle, right into the middle of the universe. There are stars around you. There is this darkness. You are floating there. And there is a wind that comes from left to the right and is passing through you. And now there is a wind that comes from the right to the left and is passing through you. And now I want you to move from that point, from the middle of the universe, to a place. can be a planet. can be back home. A place where you feel good, you feel comfortable. So with full speed, you travel through the universe and you arrive at that place. Now that you arrive there, look around you. Whatever you see, whatever you feel, it's good. It might be an old memory. It might be something written there. Just try to look around you. It is this place that you forgot about. Keep these memories with you and travel back where you are now. Gently open your eyes, breathe out, and relax. So this is one of the very short exercises, heart imagery, and it helps you, this exercise specifically, which is uh, one of the exercises that connects you with the universe and with the place where you are coming from or the place where you feel comfortable, it helps you to balance your emotional body. So I'm sure after our friends or listening to this exercise, they, they, they are going to feel this uh, peace and calmness and you might even get a message from that place where you arrived. How did you, how did you feel? Well, first of all, I really loved the guided meditation. As soon as you mentioned the staircase, which you take from your brain to your heart, uh, as I was getting closer, walking down, I could feel the pulsation or a warmth in my heart. And then when I opened the door, went into my heart, it was a unique feeling that I haven't had uh, uh, before. And uh, obviously, as soon as I shifted from being in the center of the universe, seeing the stars around me and the winds on either side, I was transported <laughs> into a place that resembled Fiji Islands. Now, I don't know if it makes sense, but I was sitting. <laughs> I was I was there. In, I love Fiji Islands. Very nice. Oh, really? So I was sitting with my, my legs in the in the balmy, warm waters and the white sand. What a ride. Uh, so I, I need to think more about it to see, uh, like you mentioned, if there is a reason why I was transported to this location. But I've been thinking about this in the past as well because I've been wanting to go to some place like the Fiji Islands, the Caribbean Islands or Costa Rica. Uh, but uh, that's where I was after your guided meditation. <laughs> it's interesting enough these exercises 
are very simple but are 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 really powerful mm-hmm. in a sense that we don't realize the the masters they told me in Tibet that any image we see has the same effect doesn't matter if you see an image outside mm-hmm. what we call the real world doesn't matter if you see an image and you close your eyes and you see that image inside of you and it doesn't matter if you dream dreams are also images so in the moment we realize that any image we see has a huge importance in our life we understand that in fact heart imagery it's a way to balance ourselves because our mind cannot make difference between a real image or a picture, you, you just see an image that comes inside of you. Sure. And, and your reaction to that image is very interesting because sometimes you might feel cold or warm. You might feel good or you might feel frustrated. You might mm-hmm. feel happy or you, you, you might really feel uh, sad. And this is not by chance. This is coming from balancing your mental and emotional bodies. And, and this is important because it's a way of healing eventually now you mentioned that this was one of the many types of meditations that are a part of the heart imagery exercise uh, for somebody who is listening to this for the first time probably at their home maybe outdoors and with us had gone through that guided meditation if this person wants to learn more about heart imagery exercise or maybe wants to get educated or get a course in this what advice do you have for them well, except my workshops, because I, I'm teaching workshops all over the world, and, and uh, there are three heart imagery workshops that I'm teaching. One is cleaning the past, which is very important. We have to clean our past. The second one is, so first is heart imagery cleaning the past. Mm-hmm. The second one is heart imagery healing and emotional balance. And the last one is heart imagery union with God. So except this three workshop that I'm teaching all over the world, I wrote two books, and in both books there are more than 100 exercises, heart imagery. Mm-hmm. The first book title I already said is the, the code, <laughs> my favorite code. The title is This Now is Eternity. And the second book is, is called Heart Imagery, exactly the, the name of the system, Heart Imagery, A Path to Enlightenment. So both books, they have a lot of uh, exercises in, actually, last year in Amazon, they were considered some of the best meditation books, spiritual guidebooks all over the world. And specifically because of these heart imagery exercises, people are, are practicing all over the world. They read the exercise and they close their eyes and they do it. And uh, it seems that it, it's working really well. And I'm, I'm really blessed to see that it makes difference in, in people's lives. And I'm talking about not just people who are, let's say, inclined to spiritual life, but I'm talking about uh, doctors, engineers, uh, people who are uh, maybe not so, are, are, let's say, beginners in this field. So, and it's a, it's a great way to start to, to understand yourself, to reconnect with who you really are. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. And listeners, uh, Daniel conducts, as you mentioned, workshops around the globe, around the world. Uh, but just in case you aren't able to make it or if you live really far away from that particular location, you can always learn more about the topic and educate yourself about this wonderful uh, space by going online and 
purchasing the two books or either of the two books one book is this now is eternity and the other book is heart imagery so just to clarify is it available on amazon yes some people like electronic formats so of course if you have a, a kindle or if you have a, a an ipad you can download it the electronic format some people like the paper format so you can order on uh, on amazon uh, and uh, usually in 3 4 days uh, the paper format books are coming of course if it's electronic format it it takes a minute you will have it on your uh, computer on your ipad or on your uh, kindle device and you can uh, read it right away wonderful that's exciting now you mentioned that between 1981 and 1992 you were doing the spinal breathing meditation and later you found out that you were practicing kriya pranayam of kriya great master baba ji what is spinal breathing and who was or who is baba ji well this is uh, one of my uh, favorite workshop i'm teaching all over the world also kriya yoga workshops in in 1991 i was also uh, blessed to to be initiated by a great master he is not uh, here anymore paramahansa hariharananda and uh, now uh, i i have students all over the world i'm teaching them the the spinal breathing uh, probably some of the people who are listening to this show already had the chance to read the, the famous book of yogananda uh, auto biography of a yoga there is also a really good movie i saw it's called awake uh, last year was released with the life of yogananda and uh, they talk a lot about kriya yoga it's it's a, an exceptionally easy and beautiful system of working the chakras from the spine and uh, you move the energy from down from the first chakra up to the brain and you you work the energy there and you moving it back i would say people who practice kriya yoga they become a sort of superhuman i would say uh, and and it's not just i'm talking about the superpowers i'm talking about the the power to to understand the, the life the power to live the life in a different way so i i strongly recommend there are a lot of kriya yoga masters all over the world anybody who has a chance to to start doing it, there are six initiation of course they said the first four are given by by master and the last two are given by god <laughs> so it might take a lot of years until you arrive to do the number 5 and number 6 but the first initiation it's easy to be done by anybody you can do it you don't need to to do any specific uh, yoga exercise you just sit on a chair and you practice kriya you can practice in the airport you can practice in the car in any place it's easy to do and believe me it is very 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 powerful very practical i i'm teaching uh, workshops all over the world i will i will have one in wales in february actually in united kingdom the next kriya yoga actually i have a big team there i'm teaching already the third kriya yoga there so i i have a, a team of advanced students in uh, in wales that are coming to practice kriya yoga mm-hmm. so you mentioned that kriya yoga is moving 
of the energy or the visualization of the energy that is moving through the chakras from the bottom of the spine all the way through the crown of the head and you mentioned that there are six steps uh, and you have to get initiated but the first initiation can be done by yourself yes of course it is good to do it with a teacher with a master you can also do it i i have on my website recording so you can do it by yourself it, it is easy to do it you don't need some specific uh, place to do it i always advise just uh, if it's possible to be on the empty stomach in order to move the energy and uh, that's it you just uh, put your attention you close your eyes and uh, you do it beautiful beautiful and this wonderfully transitions into the next question that i wanted to ask you uh, one of the most discussed topics in spirituality and awakening is the pineal gland so if you can provide some wisdom around what is the pineal gland and what is the benefit of cleaning the pineal gland the real question is not just about i mean the pineal gland question is good but the real question is what is pineal chakra in fact because the gland itself the, the gland it's it's right there it's i wouldn't say right in the middle of the brain it's like i would say maybe uh one inch behind but right in the middle of the brain what what people call ajna there is an important chakra pineal chakra and once you work your chakras and you you start to bring energy and you start to clean your gland and your chakra pineal gland and pineal chakra you basically start to open what or to activate what we call the third eye right and the seat of visions the seat of dreams it is very important however i always advise my students because this is in a way a sort of the last step I always advise my students to start with the base chakra, so to clean the, the earth chakra, and after that to go to the second, the creation, the sexual chakra, and so on. So um, somehow pineal chakra and pineal gland are somewhere in the end of the practice. So I always ask the people to make the, the base, right, the, the fundamental part of the chakras which are the first three chakras the mother earth the sexual chakras and uh, up the uh, solar plexus chakras which are, are, are very important in my opinion and of course the pineal chakra comes in the end of the practice so you mentioned that there is a pineal gland but more importantly there is the pineal chakra and once you clean it you're able to activate your third eye and basically awaken yourself to the possibilities that are around you but as you advise your students and as you advise our listeners as well it's always better to start from the base start from the foundations from the root chakras and then work your way upwards and most importantly take help uh, from somebody who has already mastered that area that space of wisdom so that you can learn from them so thanks a lot for sharing thank you and with that we arrive at the health tip round now making a change in a person's life might seem daunting but taking just one step that is much more simpler so is there a particular health tip that you would recommend to our audience that they could try out immediately um i would say it is really important in in my opinion don't eat much solid food 
which means that according with with my work with uh, the masters, I understand that our vibration now of the our human body got higher and higher. Our stomach and liver are not able to work out solid food much. So I would say like a, a very healthy habit is to to try to have more liquids, try to drink juicy smoothies, put some hemp, some chia seeds, and you'll get this powerful antioxidants that keeps you in good shape. And I also uh, advise people like a healing tip to try to go earlier to bed, wake up early. Tibetan master told me that we should sleep three hours prior midnight and at least three hours after midnight in order to balance the earth and the universe energies, the, the yin and yang, and in order to have a full functional a pineal gland. So basically, we should go to bed at nine in the evening and wake up around five, I would say. So these are some good tips, I would say, that contributes to people's well-being. Well, thanks a lot for those powerful tips. Now, the Dalai Lama once said that when we meet real tragedy in life, we can react in two ways, either by losing hope and falling into self destructive habits or by using the challenge to find our inner strength. Thanks to the teachings of the Buddha, I've been able to take the second way. During this round, our guests share moments when they overcame a major challenge. So Daniel, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. Tell us what you were feeling at that instant and then how did you overcome that particular challenge? Well, more than 20 years ago, I was walking in north of Tibet, in Amdo area. Mm -hmm. I was walking at minus 40 degrees in the snow after my car broken up. And I, I walked almost 48 hours. And I was almost sure I'm going to die. But the only way I, I was walking, I was smiling. I was breathing in my heart. And, and I really felt love for, for the nature. Mm -hmm. Even when I kneeled down and then lay down on the snow, I was calm and in harmony. It was that uh, white ocean, that purity, the snow all around me. And combined with my rhythmically breathing inside of my heart, that gave me a strange confidence, I can say, a hidden power that kept me alive. A few hours later, when the Tibetan monks, they found my body, they told me that my face was frozen, but I was smiling, you know, and that was funny for mm -hmm. me. They, they got me and I recovered after a while. Now, there are a lot of theories how to behave or how to approach a challenge, an obstacle, but believe me, when you are facing it, the only way to overcome it is, is to be in your heart. Mm -hmm. It is how much you know to move from the brain to the heart, how much you can stay there inside of your heart, I, I would say that, that how Dalai Lama said, because eventually Dalai Lama is, is giving us a, a message of compassion, of hope, of love, which is the heart, to, to be in our heart. So I, I agree with you. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story with us. With every story of a major challenge, our listeners and our action takers get one more reason 
to consider a challenge or a failure or any uh, instant where they you know it was not easy for them to experience uh, uh, consider that as a feedback and for that story we salute you and with that we know now move on to the next round which is all about finding your life's true calling getting there might take some time but hearing how people have found their life's purpose makes us confident empowers us and makes us stronger now dr wayne dyer once said if you know with a complete absence of doubt that you are doing that what you are doing is consistent with your own purpose and that you are involved in accomplishing a great affair then you are at peace with yourself and in harmony with your own heroic mission so my question to you daniel have you found your life's true calling if yes what is your life's calling yeah i think i think wayne i i really loved wayne i met him just twice in my life but i can tell you he changed my my perception the way of thinking he he was such a wonderful human being and he he's still between us i can i can feel him so i think he was right you know years ago i i was thinking my my calling is to to do something unbelievable something to move something in a heroic way or something now after years of meditation my my only calling is a calling of the heart i really love to just to stay in the middle of the nature and to to go in inside of my heart and whatever it's happening in that moment whatever is going to happen in that particular moment i might clean a road i might give food to an animal i might help somebody near me i i found that specific calling of the heart in that moment the best thing that i can do i i had a lot of like uh, purposes or dreams or, or but in time the more i meditate i i started to enjoy the moment you understand so i would say my my calling is the calling of the heart the calling of the moment you know well thanks a lot for sharing that inspirational thought and i completely agree with you it is not about achieving a heroic mission all the time while a lot of people might have that calling sometimes even if you're doing something small for even one person around the world but that one action or that one deed or that one good thing that a person does that changes that person's lives is equal to creating a transformation in the lives of thousands of others as well and uh, thanks for reminding us to always be in the moment not in the future not in the past but always be mindful of being and being present in the moment and engaging with people like you know that conversation is the most important thing you know ever so thanks a lot for sharing thank you based on what you said is there a particular event an instance or a moment beyond which you knew without a doubt that you were living your life's purpose or your life's calling i was facing a lot of situation in my life either i was in tibet either i was uh, uh, with my friends or with my students and i would say all of us we we have in in our life uh, we call intuition right that moment when we feel that we are in the right place in in the right uh, time 
And I remember uh, an, an interesting situation. I was in uh, Tibet with Karma Dorja, the great master, and he told me something interesting, and it remains in, in, in my mind. He said, we are dreaming. He said, when we are waking in the morning, we are still dreaming. And, and I, I, I couldn't understand. He, he, mm-hmm. to, he told me, even, even if you think you are awake, you are still dreaming. And, and I, I was thinking, first, it, it is a joke, right? And mm-hmm. he told me, close your eyes and, and fall asleep. So I, I instantly fall asleep. And in my dream, I could see the master, Karma Dorji, he told me, touch me. So I touch him. Then he, he was telling me in my dream, wake up. I opened my eyes and he was on my left side smiling. He said, touch me now. So I touched him and, and he asked me, do you feel, do you see any difference? And I said, not really. So f- uh-huh. for me, for me, this, this demonstration and he, later I, I was doing some specific exercises that really made me think that we are really dreaming, you know. We think we are awake, but in fact, we are dreaming. And I, I saw an interesting report from Harvard University. They, they discovered actually that we have around 70,000 thoughts mm-hmm. each day. And out of these 70,000 thoughts, it's, it's hard to believe, but 95% are repetitive thoughts. We are like robots. Yeah. So this is another demonstration. The great master, what he told me was right. We are dreaming. We are like a sort of robot. So probably the more we meditate, we start to awake. We start to to see in a different way, to feel in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting story I wanted to share related with your question, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for sharing this wonderful, profound thought. In fact, I've been thinking about this very same thing over the last couple of days in that, you know, is this a dream or when I'm dreaming, is that real? And in just in, you know, in general about alternate realities uh, and things like that, I had a discussion with my Buddhist friends. Yes, yesterday we were talking about life and uh, about challenges and how to overcome those challenges and about perception (laughs) and things like that. But uh, it's mystical that you spoke about this particular story right now because it has provided me a reference point and a reason to learn more about this particular topic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and with that, like all things come to an end, we have arrived at the last and final round of today's show. During this round, uh, it consists of four rapid fire questions and I request you to respond with four answers as well. So are you ready? Yes. What is the best advice you have ever received? I would say the best advice I have ever received is coming from a Romanian mystic, a great master, Anna. She told me once, like more than 30 years ago, never judge anything and anybody. Just let the things be detached. Let the things to be how they are. I want to tell you, as long as I listen to this advice, nothing negative, if I can say, happened in my life. My life was heaven. Whenever I wasn't listening to this advice, some things came in. So I would say this is the best advice that I have ever received. Never judge. Be detached. 
what is that one personal habit that contributes to your well-being meditation how yogananda said meditate 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 so this is the best personal habit that contributes to my really really well-being in the last 40 years i was never ever sick i can tell you wow i'm curious what is your morning ritual like if you could describe the first few hours of your day i do like 10 15 minutes first body stretching mm-hmm. and i combine with some exercise i do some abs some push ups some some exercise right for my body and then i'm doing a session of tai chi i'm also tai chi teacher so i'm doing like a 20 minutes the 85 steps the advanced tai chi and then meditation at least 2 3 hours so I start around five or six. It depends what what time I wake up, and I, I'm going at least in ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. Now I know that you've read numerous books throughout your life, but if you had to choose just one book that has made a significant impact on your life, what would it be? I have a long list. <laughs> yeah, this is a very tricky question. Of course I would recommend my my books to 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 all people but yeah. there is indeed a, a book that I I would say it's it's a very interesting uh, book in a sense that explain a lot of things and it's a book that is written by a a group of I we call them holy fathers it's a it's an ancient uh, greek book it is translated also in english and it's called philokalia so it's it's a it's an experience of a group of great masters and it is especially related with a, an ancient system we call it prayer of the heart so it's it's a it's a very interesting uh, uh, book and in my opinion it's pretty advanced i would say book but the more you read it the more you understand you can read that book like 10 20 times and you will still find a, a good advice how to live your life and uh, to go to god realization state well thanks for that action takers the links and insights are available in the show notes that are on our website that's my7chakras.com m y s e v e n c h a k r a s.com so daniel it was fabulous and really amazing having you on our show today before you go tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and then tell us the best way that we can find you i'm really grateful we are now today in this day and in this year and we can speak aditya this is my my i'm really grateful that we can enjoy this moment in our life now here nothing else the fact that we are talking now it's it's a great thing so i'm really grateful for that and you can find me of course it, it is my uh, personal website my my name which is uh, daniel mitel so it's simple www.danielmitel.com i also have a website it's called heart imagery www.heartimagery.com and i'm working now on a project i started to teach also in companies and in schools and uh, there is a w- specific website it's called www.motivate-yourself.com Uh, org 
motivateyourself.org uh, where you can find uh, some really interesting workshops. I am working with an international team of trainers. We decided to go also to teach people in companies. I really believe it's an important step <laughs> to teach people, not just uh, spiritual people, but I, I do believe if we can teach also uh, people in companies and children in schools, we can make a bigger difference. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for sharing those links and those links again will be there in the show notes. Listeners, what we discussed today was just the tip of the iceberg and I'm sure because you are the action taker that you are, you would like to know more. So go on to danielmittel.com, D-A-N-I-E-L-M-I-T-E-L.com and if you're not sure, come to the website and you have all the links there. Just click on the link and you'll get to the designated website. Daniel, thank you so much for sharing with us your amazing stories, your wisdom, your insights, motivating us to take that step and taking us one more step closer to a human revolution. Thank you very much. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.